On today's episode of Think Jargon, I have a special guest in the studio with me, Professor G from LSU. He's a marketing professor at Louisiana State University, and he's going to be talking about social advocacy in marketing. Think Jargon is a podcast about marketing, sales, and content creation. If acronyms like SEO, PPC, and CRM make your head spin, then this podcast is for you. We cut through the jargon used by fancy agencies to help you make sense of the ever-changing world of modern marketing. Thanks for joining us. And now, here are your hosts, inbound marketing expert Jarrett Broussard and digital content creator Stuart Poulton. That is some purple and gold. Yeah, I got to represent LSU. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited about it. Not a problem. You are not just anyone from LSU. You are a, what, PhD professor? Uh, I am a, technically I'm a researching instructor. There's a different kind of levels there. So I'm what's called ABD. They hired me before I finished my dissertation. But yes, I'm a researching professor. You are an academic. I'm an academic. Yes, I teach people. They learn from me, I hope. And then they go out and spread their knowledge and make the world a better place. Wonderful. So I'm going to take a back seat today and you're going to, you're my teacher for the next 20 minutes. Terrific. Yeah. Happy to give a lesson. Welcome to the show. Uh, what, what, should I call you Aaron or Professor Gleberman? You can or? call me Aaron. I mean, I have my students call me Professor G because Gleberman can be kind of tough. <laughs> Professor so they, G. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. And the more casual students call me Aaron. I even let them text me on my personal cell phone. That's very nice of you. Very yeah. nice of you yeah. indeed. How does that work out? Uh, <laughs> it varies from student to student, but overall, the reaction's pretty good. I like being able to be in touch with my students quickly, and text is the best. Awesome. Well, uh, At you, least for me. You and I, uh, in fact, you know Jared well, too. Um, we, we have... Uh done some speaking th- uh, events to your classes oh yeah blink jars always coming by my class we love them yeah that's good stuff and so i've known i've known you you've known me for about a year now and uh and your students are great your programs are, are all fired up and so uh it just struck me the other day i'm like well we have this marketing podcast this thing jargon about marketing why on earth have we not had professor g pro g on the podcast so i wanted to invite you on today with a very specific purpose i want to give you the floor and I want you to educate me on the subject of uh, social, what was it? it was, Responsibility it was, or social issues in marketing. Okay, so today we're going to be having a chit-chat. You're going to teach me a few things about, uh, I guess, weaving in uh, social activism into marketing campaigns. Yeah, you could say that. That's Can you give me an example? Let's start because, again, treat me like a fifth grader, okay, for the next 15 or so minutes. Um, explain to me what this concept of of social advocacy in marketing is, and maybe give me an example of 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 it. Yeah, great, got it. And uh, first to the listeners out there, I just want to put in my own thanks to Stuart for being a guest speaker in my classes. He comes in and teaches the digital marketing class and my professional sales class a thing or two about actually creating videos using simple tools like your smartphone. And the students get a lot out of that, so we love him. We love having him in class. So I'm happy to be here. Real excited about this. You hear? You hear that, honey? Somebody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to butter up the person that's giving you the microphone. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. It's always a pleasure coming to LSU. It's a, a really cool place. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for those that uh, probably can't see me, I am decked out in my purple and gold because I got to represent the school whenever I dun, can. Dun, dun, dun. Go Tigers. No kidding, right? So uh, in the marketing world, and I think this is particularly relevant to the Baton Rouge community because the demographics of LSU, the students that go there, you might say are more 
socially minded, maybe a little bit more liberal on the political spectrum than okay. the average person in Baton Rouge. So I, these, I tend to find that yeah, that's true for most universities. Yeah, that, universities that, are a bastion of liberal thought. Yes. And so, social mindedness. So with that in mind, you, you are speaking to a lot of these students who are very wired uh, for this kind of... Is that where the... the is that where this started? Is that where this emerged from? It's, uh, the student body at different universities? Or? Well, I think, it, I mean, yes, I think that was a big push for it. I, and I also think that as more students began to be more socially minded, we started realizing that there are some positive ramifications for businesses that actually take these socially minded paths. Can you give me an example? Yeah. So we've got a couple of projects that uh, we're working on that are various social issues. For example, uh, I'm working on one paper right now that specifically thinks about women and minority ownership in business, because as you might imagine, they are traditionally an underrepresented groups of people in terms of owning businesses. Mm -hmm. But what, what we have recently found, myself and a couple um, other researchers, some co-authors that I have, former PhD students at LSU, uh, we were looking at the fact that in franchise systems, which are you know kind of a uniquely American business format, yeah, where McDonald's, you have big, Canes, right? McDonald's, Canes. Most people think about uh, the fast food restaurants as the franchise, but it turns out that if you really look at it, there are tens of thousands of different franchised companies, not just the outlets for fr for fast food, mm -hmm. but actual franchised businesses. Yeah, so it's a way of scaling, right? It's a way of scaling. It's a great way of scaling because you get a lot of resources that are independent sole proprietor couldn't accomplish on their own. You get True. marketing services, you get financial services. It's a great gig for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so the International Franchise Association, the IFA, does a little survey where they find out about the owners of various franchise systems. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that in the franchise world, women and minority owners are disproportionately represented at a higher level than you would see in normal businesses. So the franchise system actually helps women and minorities own businesses because of all of the benefits that go along with franchise ownership. Hmm. So when we're talking about you know, the socially minded education of marketing students right now, one of the things that we're actually looking at, like this data, this paper, uh, was submitted to the Journal of Entrepreneurship Education. And that's where it's published if you wanted to take a look at it. And we've sort of try to develop the template of a curriculum that helps get students involved in learning about franchise systems, specifically those women and minority students that might now have access to being a business owner, that if we weren't talking about these franchise systems, maybe they wouldn't have those same opportunities. Okay, let's unpack this. So first question, a sidebar. Any idea why the gender, dispar uh, gender disparity is, is uh, represented this way in franchises versus, let's say, the financial industry or some other? There, there are some theories. We're still trying to pinpoint that. But the, I don't know if you want to say depressing fact of the matter is. is I that believe in cold <laughs> honesty. That's what I want. Is that it is just frankly harder for a sole individual proprietor, minority, or woman to get financing from a bank or a financial institution. They, they are viewed as more risky because they, in theory, have less experience. But if they're backed by the idea of a franchise organization, they are much less risky because they have all of that extra resources to help them. Huh. 
And so since franchisees carry the, like franchise systems carry the brand name of the franchise, the people that are willing to give out money are more comfortable doing so. That makes sense. It sounds to me like something that needs to be tested. <laughs> yes, we do need to. And so one of the next steps in this project that we haven't started yet, but I'm really excited to start doing yeah. is to really find out what patrons, customers, how they view, if there's a difference, how they view like a sole proprietorship that would be owned by a woman or a minority as opposed to a franchise that's owned by a women or minority. And is there a difference there? Like, do people actually seek out businesses that are owned by people that, you know, look like them? Or are they more interested in getting diversity? And if diversity can be found in, ironically, a franchise system, which is very, you know, cookie cutter from franchise to mm -hmm. franchise, it creates a lot of interesting dynamics where we're thinking about, well, what does the consumer want? So and we I'm, don't know the answer to that question yet. Yeah, I think that you know it's it's always important that people vote with their with their dollars. I mean, it's some they don't realize they're doing it at times. But um, you know, I I also maybe I shouldn't go down that rabbit hole. But um, I just I just find it's really it's really challenging, and it takes a lot of work for you, for um, for a person to distinguish between what's anecdotal and what is actually true. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that has to go into that to get to that point, and it sounds to me like you're in the process of doing that. <clears throat> oh, definitely, yeah. So a lot of this research first comes, I mean, as mo as a lot of research does with anecdotal evidence, stories, qualitative interviews, mm -hmm. where we ask people, "How do you see things in your industry?" And then we start to distill down to actual like ownership of businesses. And in fact, there's some publicly available information out there from the SBO, the Small Business uh, Organization, that mm -hmm. actually looks at ownership demographics and statistics of businesses they have this survey i believe it's every year it might be every other year that really distills down to the more minutia of exactly who owns which business and how like how much money that business is making compared to others so it really gives you a nice set of data that can explain a little bit more about how this owner these ownership structures are actually happening so take me back to these uh, these students and their their social mindedness. Uh, can you think off the top of your head? And I know I'm putting you on the spot because okay. none of this stuff is scripted. But um, I want I want you to is there is there a, a social uh, a marketing campaign that incorporated social advocacy that uh, maybe came out of your student body or maybe just a company that you've been a, uh, you've you've come across that you thought was particularly unique or well done? Uh, yeah, we've had a couple. We've had several. Um companies come in that talk about their social-minded initiatives. Um, Aflac in particular has one that I thought was really cool. Aflac uh, was a sponsor of the sales the professional sales institute at LSU. Yeah. So we worked with them real closely and they actually had a program or a, uh, a campaign, I guess, where, you know, the Aflac duck, everybody knows the oh, Aflac yeah. duck. But what they did is since they're an organization that does insurance for things like cancer, they have a children's research, a children's health research hospital where they've actually created robotic Aflac ducks to help sick kids deal with their illnesses. And so that is a campaign that they have pushed forward that I think is really interesting. And that's like a real professional, you know, one of the most well-known companies out there using their mascot in a very socially minded direction.
So I, I love this. I love I love people that have means and resources and, and a passion for something, then then directing then their resources it, yeah. toing that. And to it's much that. easier than, uh, for a giant company like Affleck to do it as opposed to a smaller company right. that would Let, do let's, that. Let's take let's take um, a smaller business. You know, um, let's say use me as a case study. So how how do you go from you know getting to a point where you're you're running your business, everything's ticking over nicely, and Maybe you're at a point where you have some excess time and resources. Where do you start if you if you want to add a, a, a social-minded initiative um, to your marketing campaign? How do you go about starting something That's like that? That's a terrific question and something that businesses, both large and small, are grappling with all the time. And while the answer that I'm about to give is not the perfect end-all answer, what I would say is you need to do a little bit of marketing research to find out the people that are in your marketing niche, your potential customers, like what do they care about? Figure out what you and your business could do that makes them see that you do the thing that they care about. So I, I think I'm seeing it from two different we're seeing it from two different places because um you know I, I suppose it's true that if if you can identify uh something that's important socially to your customers and then you make that part of your marketing uh, campaign, then you are appealing more in theory to them. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of coming at it from like, you know, well, what's important to me and then and go about doing that. It's, I think the two separate, separate things. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with approaching it that way. Like what would be important to the business because the business knows what the business can do better or not even just better, but start a campaign that's socially minded or, you know, another topic would be green initiatives, you know, sustainability, environmentalism. That's a big desire for, you know, Gen Z. They really like companies that are more environmentally sound. Yeah. I've, um, do, so I don't want to, I don't want to get you in trouble, but do you have any thoughts about, um, like of late, there's been a lot of, uh, shall we say support from corporate america on on uh more politically charged issues you have any thoughts on whether that's even a good idea that that's a i'm really really interested to see how that all plays out you know you've got a lot of companies right now that have very publicly stated that they are against what's going what happened in the capital mm -hmm. that they're going to withdraw funding from uh certain representatives and i think there are a lot of people in this country that really do support those decisions and i mean granted Twitter is an echo chamber, so you just you see a lot of what you're already thinking. Mm -hmm. But and the other side of that is how many people are these companies alienating by saying no, we're no longer going to support you, quote your side. Yeah, I've uh, I, I I find myself uh, reflecting on that as well. It's it's again, there's always two sides to to every situation, right? Yeah, it's um just one of those interesting dynamics. I, I'm not sure. I like to think that. Uh, social causes uh, rise out of. Um, I think so. I like to think that social causes rise out of the owner or the leadership of a company, um, rather than them being targeted towards the consumer. I just <laughs> maybe I live in it. It happens in both ways, but um, to that <laughs> point, I think there's another kind of interesting project that uh, we're working on that I'd like to bring up, and this is where it gets much more related to the finance of a business. Okay. So uh, myself and another researcher, from um, her name's Jean Gion from the University of Nevada, Reno, we have a paper that looks at 
a company, like a publicly traded company, so the company that you can buy stock in, yes. when they announce a green strategy, they're going to stop polluting, they're going to change their light bulbs, they're right. going to do something environmentally sound, and they put out a press release in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, New York Times, even just an advertisement. Whenever they put out something to the public that says, hey, we're sustainably minded, mm -hmm. we can actually track their stock prices and see the fluctuations that result as, that come from the result of them saying we're going to initiate a green strategy. And are they positive? And statistically significantly, the stock prices go up after a company announces a green strategy. And conversely, if a company is found in violation of some environmental action, like an EPA violation, mm -hmm. their stock price goes down. And this is one of the first papers that really shows that there is an actual financial benefit to being green and financial negative ramifications for not being green. And I think a lot of people nowadays would kind of assume that, but to actually see that in the data from stock prices as they compare to press releases is really quite, it's, it's very impactful being able to show businesses like, hey, you can make money by doing the, you know, the quote, right thing. There is food for thought, Professor G. Where can people find you if they want to, uh, if they want to uh, touch base with you or, or, or follow on this discussion maybe uh, on oh, Twitter yeah. or something. Oh yeah, happy to, happy to talk on, uh, I think the best way to get to me is by email, which is just Aaron G, A-A-R-O-N-G at LSU, but I'm happy to email uh, about anybody. I'm happy, I do some marketing consulting. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about anything and we're always looking for guest speakers for our class. So if your company has anything that's, you know, on these topics, hey, feel free to reach out to me. We'd love to get you in front of our students. Professor G, you are my nerdiest friend. Definitely. I try to be. <laughs> Gotta read. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Think Jargon. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or post a review at iTunes. Your reviews help new listeners find our show. Have a sales question or a marketing problem that you'd like us to cover on a future episode? Contact the show at thinkjargon.com. Until next time, make sure you make the world a better place and cut through the jargon.